recorded live at 4 Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM. And broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. This is Zed Games. I'm your host tonight, Paul, and joining me are my good friends Elliot. Yo. And Hazel. Hey, hey. Very happy to have you both in the studio tonight. And uh, what an exciting night it will be. We're going to um, do our news. Then we're going to talk about uh, the elephant in everyone's room, uh, <laughs> Elden Ring, which uh, I have been obsessing to the point of it has infiltrated my dreams now. I'm trying uh, to think of a times. pun between elephant and Elden, and I've got nothing. Uh, Elden fun. Yeah, it's not a pun. We can mash the words together. It is fun, though. Um, I can't... Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to greener pastures. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Elliot, we will be talking about a Gran Turismo 7. Yes. Very yes. exciting. Uh, yeah, brum brum, all that stuff. I love cars. <laughs> so does my one-year-old son. <laughs> I am on par with your one, yeah. one-year-old son. I feel like I'm going to have to take an interest now. He's, uh, he's very into them. Like, oh, damn it. Just look at all the Mario things. Do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, before we talk more rubbish, let's just jump into the news. This week in gaming news. Indie dev gets review bombed on Steam after slipping anti-mask rhetoric into patch notes. The most recent patch for indie game Domina featured an angry rant from the developer Dolphin Barn hidden between legitimate updates. The tirade shared his opinions on mask mandates and COVID-19. Take off the f- masks, the patch notes say between legitimate patch updates. Next time you're at the grocery store, try showing a woman your face. Be confident, unafraid of the lies. You might get a girlfriend. Women like confidence. Women don't like dudes who cover their faces in fear. What are you afraid of? Getting laid? Grow up. Many players took issue with the developer's words, and there has been an intense backlash on social media as well as a deluge of negative reviews on Steam. The game previously boasted a very positive rating from over 7,000 happy players, but after the patch notes, the game faced a flood of negative reviews with less than 30% of recent reviews having anything positive to say. Politics and personal views should never be part of the gaming market, reads a recent review. Strangely, this isn't the first time Dolphin Barn shared their opinions in the patch notes for Domina. One notable example is a previous update that included a rant about weak men, succubus titty, and solving the energy crisis. Tencent becomes the majority investor in Tequila Works. Indie developer Tequila Works' portfolio includes 2012's Deadlight and 2017's Rhyme. They're also working on the upcoming Song of Nunu, a League of Legends story for publisher Riot Games. A recent Twitter post from the Spanish developer has announced that Chinese technology firm Tencent is now the studio's majority shareholder. It is unclear if this was the result of a direct negotiation between Tencent and Tequila, trades between independent stakeholders, or a combination of the two. Whatever the case, though, it seems like the studio is positive about the new partnership. Luz Sanchez, TequilaWorks chairwoman, said, We are delighted to ally with a partner that allows us to make TequilaWorks a stronger studio with access to all the resources required to produce titles of the highest quality, all made with the care and passion our beloved fans know us for, as well as the opportunity to bring these projects to a wider audience. Devolver Digital co-founder Mike Wilson has announced the formation of a new company focused on using video games as a tool for mental health, Deepwell. Deepwell will define the standard for video games with proven mental health benefits and help players find engaging, enjoyable and beneficial video games. 
A three-pronged approach will see them producing original titles, working with other developers on titles in production, and certifying already existing games under their standards. Firstly, they will be developing and publishing original games designed to be therapeutic and entertaining. They aim for these games to appeal to all players, not just those searching to improve their mental health. Additionally, they have formed an advisory council of over 40 medical researchers, doctors, and veteran game developers. The goal here is to form partnerships with existing developers working on games that have therapeutic potential and assist them in meeting the council's standards. Finally, they will work to identify existing games that have potential mental health benefits, analyze them, highlighting their therapeutic qualities, and where possible, certifying them. Inspiration came when Wilson received letters from around the world discussing the role Full Guys had in maintaining their mental health during the brunt of COVID-19. He could see and feel the positive effect that video games could have in the world, but knew they lacked the medical knowledge and tools to make them truly effective. His partner, former Nextern CEO Ryan Douglas, has a medical background and so comes at the problem from the opposite side. He has seen many companies attempt to use video games to deliver therapeutics, but they often fail to capture what makes video games truly fun and engaging for the users. If you create a pill that cures cancer and people won't take it, have you really created a treatment, a solution? I think that we need to start saying the answer is no. Hogwarts Legacy State of Play set for March 18th. PlayStation Australia has announced a state of play focused entirely on upcoming game Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy is due out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC later this year. More than half of the stream will showcase gameplay footage of Hogwarts Legacy captured on the PS5. This will be accompanied with discussion and insight from team members at Avalanche Software. You can catch the stream live on Twitch and YouTube this Friday, 8am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. There aren't a lot of games coming out in the next week, but two notable titles are Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS on the 18th of March, and Rune Factory 5 coming to the Switch on the 22nd of March. And that's all this week in gaming news. Thank you for all that news, Melee. Uh, yes, uh, and Stranger of um, Stranger of Paradise coming out, kind of already out. If you bought deluxe editions, <laughs> um, that game. Oh boy, is it just an amazing like B grade, non aware train wreck? But also, <laughs> some people do love it. It's just I don't know if you remember the E three stuff with the whole "I'm here to fight chaos." Chaos ah. consumes. Right. Oh, it's like got a million great quotes in it. Uh, Here to kill chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm chaos? No. And everyone's just called like Jeff and Bill. Like they don't really have <laughs> yeah, like fantasy names either. The main it's guy just, is just called Jack, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I, I'm, I probably won't play. I didn't really like the demo much because it's, it's not quite my kind of um, I've, fighter. I've uh, heard someone speculate that it's going to be about like going back in time through the the early Final Final Fantasy games. I'm not sure. And I fighting mean, like some of the original villains or something. It certainly continues after the first. Yeah. And then I don't know. Who, who knows? Everyone's just wearing jeans and talking about chaos a lot. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Um, and I I know I know it's a small story that Bailey brought up, but the the Domina dev that just like okay. He proved one thing. He proved people read his patch notes. Hey, that's not bad. It's like when people slip in weird things into terms and conditions to see if anyone notices. Probably don't put weird political feelings in things. Um, but unfortunately, afterwards, I went. I was like, "Hmm. Oh yeah, I've seen this game before. That's all right. What's this? The soundtrack's really good." I'm like, "Oh, I can't play it on the show. I don't want to play this kind of stuff." 
but the composer <laughs> isn't that guy. So I'm like, ah, yeah, I'll go. I'll try. Yeah. He did some other games, but the, the best soundtrack's that one. So I'm like, ah, damn it. Ah. Um, another time. Uh, we are now going to uh, talk about some Elden Ring. Okay. Elden Ring by From Software. How does one go about reviewing a game like Elden Ring? Having sold 12 million copies in its first two weeks, one of the highest scored games of all times, and destroyer of YouTube algorithms. The game is ambitious. Vast, full of mysteries I couldn't hope to properly convey here. So instead I'm going to talk about what might be worth knowing before deciding to dive in. The quickest overview I can give of Elden Ring and its predecessors, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls 1 to 3, Bloodborne and Sekiro, which form the foundation of what is commonly referred to as the Soulsborne genre, is that they're third-person action games with RPG character progression. When you kill an enemy, you collect souls, whatever that game's equivalent is, and you can spend that on leveling or other game rewards. If you die, however, you drop all the souls you're carrying and you have to make your way back to that point to pick them up. If you die before doing that, they're gone forever. You make progress by finding uh, bonfires, which act as respawn locations, and also refill your healing items when you rest at them. They also respawn every enemy you've killed. Other than that, they have a notoriety for crazy bosses, opaque storytelling, and punishing difficulty. Oh, and the whole UI basically has never changed and could really use an overhaul. In Elden Ring, we call souls runes. Bonfires are lost grace, and so on. But the core is the same. But this time, there's an open world. Don't let those 10 out of 10 reviews fool you. Elden Ring is not a game for everyone, and for some people who it is for, they may get turned off through no fault of their own. The game carries on the strong tradition of From Software's games of throwing the player into an oppressive world and giving them very little instruction on how everything works. The explanations given in Elden Ring I actually found a little more straightforward than their previous efforts, but there's one big caveat. While Souls games may, sorry, Souls games normally have given player options of where to explore, they've never been open world before. In Elden Ring, you can walk straight past basic introductions to mechanics and be none the wiser. It's been a common complaint online that many players actually walk straight past the tutorial. About 10 hours or so into my playthrough, I was talking to some friends about the game, and they were discussing their spirit summons, creatures you can summon to help you in battle. They can even be upgraded, and valuable tools they are. Of course, I didn't go to the church at night after another event, so I never got this information. I was able to go elsewhere and purchase the equipment needed for a very cheap price, but that was something I didn't even know I was missing out on while other people were unleashing packs of ghost wolves to tear their enemies apart five minutes into the game. I don't consider this bad, however, because the openness of the world Everyone will find their own paths, make their own stories, and find their own unique equipment, which will help guide them of how they choose to develop their character. To that end, my suggestion is to play the game with a small group. Try to stay off YouTube with their guides for overpowered builds and rune farms, but a small group of people discovering secrets and sharing them to solve greater mysteries seems just perfect. The world is too vast to tie everything together yourself unless you're someone with a huge amount of time to invest. And here's the trick about the game. Elden Ring contains Dark Souls 4. Enter a dungeon and you're back to a more traditional challenge. The open world is gone. It's the best of both worlds, giving players an amount of choice that they want to do. Uh, they actually call those dungeons legacy dungeons because they are what they used to do, not the open world. Of course. Uh, the other hallmark of Soulsborne games is their difficulty. 
It's part of the marketing after all. Prepare to die. Brutal, difficult, and kind of a lie. Elden Ring, perhaps even more so. Now, I'm not going to pretend for a second that these games aren't challenging. But the games have always given players tools to increase their power and abilities, and the bosses may occasionally have some troll moves, but they're really no different to other bosses in action games. Learn the moveset, and then practice your execution. Feel you don't do enough damage? Well, here's the beauty of the open world. Go do something else. Never has disengagement been such a viable option in a Soulsborne game. This is due to both the open world and the magic horse button you have. <laughs> Torrent is your horse goat companion, which you acquire at the start of the game. Sneak up on an enemy, stab them in the back, and notice it barely affects their health bar? Run away! Not only can you run away from the majority of encounters, but Torrent allows you to explore the vast, twisted landscape quickly and quite safely. You can still be hit on your horse, so you're not invulnerable, but maybe don't ride directly into a dragon's nest, but generally just a quick gallop and a double jump away. That's right, your magic horse can double jump. Never have I enjoyed more relaxed Sunday rides through a hellscape, as in Elden Ring. Again, I was talking to someone that said they'd played for eight hours and all they'd done was bash their head against the tree sentinel. And they hadn't beaten him yet. I looked a little embarrassed. I didn't know what the tree sentinel even was, and I was 12 hours in. Turns out, when you first enter the open world, the giant golden knight on a horse that's about 200 metres in front of you is called the tree sentinel. I'd walked around him. Now, he can be beaten with a fresh character, but that's probably not something anyone was doing their first playthrough and would be a challenge for a very specifically minded player. And here's where I'm going to go against one of my early recommendations. The internet has exploded with content on Elden Ring, and it's amazing. Speedrunners have been going nuts. At the time of recording, the world record is around 27 minutes or so, I think, last time I looked. I think it was 28 this morning. I think there might have been another one. Uh, This is a game that takes most players 80 to 100 hours to beat. And it's only a couple of weeks after release. People are making powerful and funny builds, and there's a real fun culture around the game. It, uh, in-game as well exists the classic From Software messaging system, where players leave messages in the world to help, trick, or normally just make a bad joke. Since you can't type, you must choose from pre-selected words, so you're going to see a lot of try fingers, but whole. Um, and honestly, it's kind of the kind of weird meme culture in the game just makes me laugh. Uh, If you do find it distracting, you can always play offline, but part of the joy of the game is summoning other players, being invaded by other players, and occasionally invading other players yourself. And if anything, all this external stuff, the messaging, the YouTube videos, the wikis, it's a reason to play now instead of later. The community is still solving mysteries in the game, and being part of it, even as an observer, certainly adds value to the experience. I haven't actually mentioned the world and the story at all yet. One of the early hype points was uh, that Game of Thrones' George R. R. Martin was writing on the game, uh, and his influence is very interesting. Those aware of From Software and game director uh, Hideka uh, Miyazaki's previous work would recognize the world and the writing as undoubtedly the same team. So what did Martin do? Turns out he designed the world before the shattering of the Elden Ring, which is now corrupted and left the world in its state. George set up the dominoes, and Miyazaki got to come in and knock them down with crows that have knives for feet. It's seemingly a very successful strategy, as the world is rich and dense with stories I've thankfully been able to follow better than any other Soulsborne game. The game tracks very little for you, 
the HUD is minimal and there's no quest log. If you meet someone, it's up to you to remember who they are and what they want. So it's actually worth keeping a notepad and pen nearby if you're wanting to follow these quests. It's wonderfully old school uh, it, and what it expects from the player. But you'll have just a fine time tooling around, randomly stumbling into dungeons and finding yourself in the middle of things you can't fully comprehend. Players will be playing this game for a very long time. It's so large, full of systems to explore and mysteries to uncover. The online lore videos, speedrunning, and compilations of mad shenanigans are already next level. It's not just a game, but a culture to take part in. It's not flawless, but the sum of its parts is why it's so celebrated. Elden Ring is available for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. I played it on PS5, and while it ran well there, there's nothing notable about my platform of choice to recommend it over any other. It also apparently runs very well on the Steam Deck, which we can't get in Australia anyway. So, prepare to die. Well, almost die, then hit the magic horsey button. Yay! <laughs> no, I have been having a lovely time. I, um... I, oh, yeah, if it wasn't clear, I haven't finished the game. Yeah. Yeah. I normally, I normally note that when I don't. Work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is As I say, like, if you, if you are skilled in a Souls-like game, and you... Uh, just go and do the main quest like the because even even uh, Miyazaki was originally saying it was a 30 hour long game what a liar but it is <laughs> it is if you do that you're just missing everything else that's in the world um, I really spent most of my time just exploring I think it was it was wasn't until about 15 hours that I really started like looking at the combat I just do a little bit of sneaky up stabby steal some <laughs> stuff and um my favorite thing about the way the messaging system works is uh, because you've got those it gives you a limited set of words that you can write a message with and for players playing in other languages it's automatically translated yes so a lot of the the jokes don't quite make it through translation no no so Japanese players were desperately trying to figure out something was happening after sundown at some kind of fortress oh the fortnight yeah this was yes yeah, yeah. because English players were just writing the word Fortnite everywhere. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't, I don't understand. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is funny for how serious and dour it looks, how silly the game can be. Um, yeah, and I haven't really been frustrated at all, um, partly because I leave if it's annoying. Yeah, so. I had the same. Like, I've only played a little bit of it mm. because I've been playing Gran Turismo to, I don't know, know what I'm uh, talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like it's it's so much more chill than the Souls games because yeah. I feel like the Souls games like you're very stuck. You know, if you're stuck in an area, it's like yeah, you, you ah. might you might have a few ways to go, but you've already gone the easiest route, so the other ones aren't really a good option. Yeah, and there's just a big boss there, and if you're not good at the boss, you ask for help, and everyone just comes back annoyingly saying get good. Yeah, so like, here you just jump magic horsey. Like I um the first sort of big legacy dungeon with the first big boss and lord you're supposed to kill, I just rode past it. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, people started talking about a secret way." I'm like, "A secret way? I thought I went the actual way." And um, <laughs> I'm like exploring the mid game when I was like level two. It's like, <laughs> ah, cool. But you can because um, you know most things can just be fought at any level. You just get better and more confident and with cool skills. Yeah, I love watching high level player builds because it's just like I don't even understand what game they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a chick that can uh. I got a cool scythe 
and I've got fire magic and I thought that was pretty fancy and I don't know what I'm talking about compared to those <laughs> players. <laughs> they're, uh, they're bringing down gods. Anyway. So you're listening to Zed Games, is that it? You're listening to Zed Games. You're listening to Zed Games. Hello, you're listening to Zed Games. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. This is Zed Games. I am Paul, and joining me here are Elliot and Hazel. Yo. Hey. And now, Elliot, you have some lovely treats for us. I am going to talk about Gran Turismo 7. I've heard of that series. Yeah, that's... I don't know. It's a bit of a niche one. I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone will sort of... It's minor. ...be here for that. But, you know, I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, so, as a casual fan of Racing Sims, I was pretty excited for Gran Turismo 7 to release. Um, having been an Xbox player for, like, most of my adolescence... Uh, it's my first leap into the series, so I didn't really know what to expect, but um, after playing it for a bit, I've come to realise that it's probably the best game to jump into as a first-timer. Um, there's a really big focus focus on the single player, which is different from GT Sport. Um, it has a campaign mode of sorts that's called like the cafe, and you kind of... It kind of slowly introduces you into the features of the game, like purchasing cars, modifying them, like acquiring dis- different licences and stuff. Um, and it introduces you to different courses and race types as well and gifts you cars and shows you the history of the cars and like their significance in Mm. the industry very cool Um, the game looks really cool Um, it does look like a video game I know it's like Forza sometimes uh, it it looks very pretty like the scenery and stuff has a big focus in in Forza especially Horizon Uh, in GT I'm very acutely aware that it is a video game Um, but the cars are gorgeous and the lighting is really, really cool. Um, you can like drive around the track and it'll be dusk and it'll like slowly change from dusk to just night driving and it's really smooth and it's just stunning. The sky is really cool. And the wheels are so round now. They are so round. No square wheels. It's great. Um, in saying that, in saying that, um, I can't see the point of choosing the looks over performance when you have the choice when you start like ray tracing doesn't really do much uh i think the cars look better without the ray tracing so if you have a ps5 and you're playing it on ps5 i don't know it, i mean it's your choice obviously but I, I don't see the point i see a very rare person choosing the uh, the, the quality over performance modes yeah exactly yeah. Um, the rays have been traced the aliases have been anted exactly yeah um in terms of gameplay, um, I do not have a racing wheel because I'm a casual, a filthy, filthy casual. But I do have a dual sense controller and it has motion controls. So I get to steer with my motion controls. I'm using it's amazing. Control. I'm using tilt controls. That's right. It's so yeah. great. Um, it it just uh, it it just tingles that little child inside of me. It's uh, I love it. I love it's it so the, much. The, like. The Mario Kart. It's Wii Mario Wheel. Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, it's Mario Kart, but fancy. Um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, it's way more fun than using the thumbsticks. You know, like it's it's just it's it's a time. Like I am too cheap to spend five hundred bucks on a wheel, so it's it's really cool. Um, I the haptic feedback is really good. Like it does feel different. I know mm. on like a Logitech wheel, you're gonna feel a lot more. Some actual tension moving. Some a lot of tension, and like every car is going to feel really distinctly different. And 
the haptic feedback on the DualSense does do that a little bit, but I think sometimes it gets a bit overwhelmed and everything kind of spins all at once. Um, so, I don't know. If you're expecting like Primo experience with it feeling really pretty, um, it's not unless you're going to spend 600 bucks on a wheel, but that's your choice. It's your choice. I'm, I'm not going to make that choice for you. Um, if you're a veteran player, um, I think your mileage is going to vary uh, from mine because <laughs> I chose a lot of the mid-range stuff like I I have a lot of assists on there I'm I'm not changing gears because I'm a bad driver um, so it's 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 cool I, I haven't I've enjoyed the gameplay quite a bit um, a few things I don't love um, the very first opening scene was seven minutes <laughs> and it was unskippable uh, what well, play you, no, it was just, just, it, just you're just clutching. It's a cutscene. You're watching cars drive uh, for know. seven Sh- minutes. I feel like that's becoming more of a thing with these types of games because, like, the latest Forza Horizon opens with just yeah. this. It, it has really... too much, but at least the opening in it is you just doing a bunch of different cars. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and you can it goes drive. Into but it. at no point can you like save and exit the game. Yeah, you oh, during that session, through, you have to play through the whole introductory mission before you can like. Pause, save, uh, mm. change settings. I, I don't know what it is with the with uh, GT Seven and Horizon. It's like stop injecting the story. I doubt anybody cares. Even just like letting me at the settings <laughs> menu before that, yeah, would yeah. be nice. Yeah, Something especially like when you have like accessibility problems. Yes, because yeah, yeah, you want to jump into. It's, there's quite a lot. Of, yeah. Yes, anyway. Yeah. Well, in yeah, in GT, uh, you don't you don't play. It's just you just watch it for seven minutes while it plays music and and has cars that drive um so (laughs) i went and got a drink um yeah um also uh i really don't like what they've done with the credit system um i don't know if you play gt sport but uh you could purchase cars Mm. it was like three bucks five bucks for a car whatever uh in this one you have to purchase the credits uh and then you use the credits to buy cars which would be fine but you know, if you want one of the cool fancy cars, like I don't know, a Bugatti or something, a million credits, um, you have the choice of spending twenty dollars or thirty dollars. So twenty dollars gets you seven hundred and fifty thousand credits, and then two hundred and fifty thousand credits, um, two separate payments. Yeah. Or thirty dollars gets you two million credits. Uh, so you get double the amount of credit. But like that is one car. Yeah, a single car. Yeah, there there was a bit of chatter online that some of the higher end cars in real world money, if you went that route, because you can still you can still you can still unlock them. But it Um, yeah, it was like one hundred twenty dollars US for a car. It's insanity. Like, Like, um, I just can't imagine spending. Like, I've already spent. You know, realistically, the game is what one hundred twenty five bucks for the PS five. If if you're playing the the retail price, PS five, that's Australian price. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Um, and and credits take a while to save up. And there are timed vehicles. Like, uh, if you don't have your credits... They get the FOMO in there as well. Yeah, you can't get that car. It is timed. So, that's frustrating. Anybody Not- remember Star Citizen? <laughs> um, I get my updates every week. Thank you very much. It's the best comedy podcast I've ever... Um, well, not podcast, newsletter I've ever subscribed to. Thank you very much. Yeah, so... If you're if you're after a specific car and you know it becomes a timed thing and you don't have the credits, you you're stuffed. You've you've got to spend that money if you really want it. Mm. Thankfully, I'm very casual, so I'm not that invested. But still, it is frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
There is a new game mode in this one called Music Rally, um, where you need to race around the track to the beat of a small collection of songs. Um, the music is very weird. Um, yeah, they got some crazy music in just this some, game. It's just a weird collection of music. Uh, it's very... My my favorite one, because I was looking through the soundtrack beforehand, was for some of the menu music, there's like a chill lounge version of uh, the piano song, The Entertainer. Uh, <laughs> and it is one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. And for that reason alone, I very much recommend you look it up. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Because it's da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And now turn that into like some sort of chill lounge music. Yeah. It's no, mm. it's not... No, that's not a melody it's, you can change. <laughs> it's very odd. So, like, when you're driving around, you, you're racing against the music, I guess. Um, mm. Like, you get those checkpoints that increase your time um, yeah, that yeah. the music will play for, I guess. Um, you get to listen to your favorite song for 30 seconds longer. Exactly. Yeah, no, except it's not your favorite song. It's a weird remix of a <laughs> classical music. Yeah, no, it's, it's odd. Um but I mean, it's it's still a good time. Yeah, like, does, does it does it feel like a music game in any way or anything, or is it just like no? You're just racing and there's music in the background. Oh, okay. It's it's essentially just a time rally, I guess, um, with music playing. Okay. The the series isn't known for being that weird with a gameplay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. Like yeah. I, it forces you to play each of the courses and stuff through the through the cafe experience because they give you little menu books and you're like. And and they're like collect these cars, and to collect those cars, you have to do a specific race, and it gives you a gift car. So it forces you to learn how Gran Turismo works, uh-huh. um, which is is cool. Like I am glad because I remember as a kid I played GT six or you know a teenager I played GT six, and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. It was a whole mess. Um, I picked it up and then put it down within like half an hour because. I had no no idea. So this this is a much easier experience um, as a, a, a baby casual. Um, so yeah, as a newbie, I really enjoyed it. Um, I can definitely see myself playing it consistently. Um, but yeah, if you're really hardcore into it, I can I can definitely see somebody being really frustrated by the credit system. Yeah, because I mean, th- for a lot of people, this is the game they play. Yeah, uh, and so. Yeah, if they feel like they're getting nickeled and dimed on it as well. Yeah, That exactly. might be a bit resentment in there. Whoa! Jeez. Oh, something happened there. Don't know what that was, but I used to have ears, and now they're gone away. Oh, I think I know oh. what was there, and I think that's technically my fault. So let's not talk that again, that again, boop it on. Anyway, it's available on PS4 and PS5. I love those platforms. They're great platforms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, this is Zed Games. I'm Paul, and joining me is Elliot and Hazel. Yo, Hi. and we're just back, really, to say goodbye. So yeah. uh, g- goodbye, I guess. Uh, did you two have fun? I had I so had, much fun. I had great fun. Oh, the best fun there is. I missed you, listeners, and I will miss you again until next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're gonna suck up until you. I don't know, what can you do for us? Something. Ah, uh, so before we go out tonight, we are going to leave you with Magic Source from the game Grindstone by Sam. Webster. So uh we'll catch all later folks. Goodbye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify or follow us on social media at ZDD Games AU. See, See you next time. time.